Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. It's a tough job, but you know, someone's got to do it. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown. And today I welcome Steve. Thanks guys, very happy to be here. Thank you, Madam Chan, for inviting me. <laughs> oh, Steve, no, thank you. I'm honored that you're coming on the awesome episode because you're someone very special. You don't have the coronavirus. You escaped China just before it all started. Yes, yes, I would consider myself as very lucky, but at the same time, I didn't. if I had booked my ticket a week later, I don't think I would have been able to get out as smoothly, so I'm glad to be home. Yeah, excellent, and Sydney is your home, right? You were born yes, yes, here, yes. you were born uh, No, um, I grew up here, I came here when I was seven, uh, my parents are still here, but currently I am studying yep. uh, in China, as well as the US, oh. so technically I am living in a list of three different, you know, countries, three right. different cultures. Yeah, so the three axes of evil. <laughs> You've got that's, US, that's, that's China exactly and Australia. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. And I guess um, you, you're studying over in the US at the moment. Uh, and how do, you find, how, how do you find that compared to the Australia system and the Chinese system, as well as lifestyle? Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah. Why don't I give a bit of background? Sure. So I'm doing a... Um, in the midst of my quarter life crisis, I, I didn't know <laughs> what to do next. So I decided on studying further and decided on doing an MBA just to see where uh, life would take me. Now, um, after considering MBA, I found myself an opportunity to study in a very strange program, a program mm. where I'm technically studying two MBAs wow. from two different universities That's intense. At, at the same time. But for me, it was more about if I can experience different um, types of MBA at the same time. So one is actually from the US and one is from China, okay. from Tsinghua University. So it's been very interesting and I'd love to share it with you guys. So does that mean your, your Chinese MBA, you do it in Chinese or in English? Well, the Chinese MBA is uh, mostly in Chinese. Oh, wow. Where I, uh, I have to spend roughly about 70% of my time in China, but the rest of the 30 time, of 30% I spend it in the US. US. All right, so is there a huge um, uh, cohort of half American, half Chinese, Chinese, or what's the what's the demo, dem well, demographics like? Well, the demographic is yeah. pretty much full local Chinese. Oh, right. But you're not local Chinese, you're ABC, right? So I am actually one of the outliers in this program, and but at the same time, I can really, uh, I found a chance to really see this whole thing as an experience for myself, just to, not only as a cultural experience, mm. but also just to see how the Chinese do things compared to the uh, Americans, and yeah. then, but still grasping onto and holding onto my Australian roots. And so oh, it's been very interesting. The Australian very, Chinese are the best, come yeah, on. It's been very interesting, very <laughs> interesting, and then, but and again, hey, I'm not here to. <laughs> talk about my MBA, so I'm just here to tell you all the fun stories that I've experienced throughout the whole you know, six months that I've all right. so far. All right, tell us, what's the most fun story well, that you have? Answering <laughs> your previous question on uh, what, what is the difference between yeah. um, the three uh, different school cultures, right? Yeah. Now, um, I 
I, I went to the ANU in Canberra, so uh, living in Canberra was a little bit different to a normal uh, kid you know, uh, catching L90 you know, from Northern Beaches to Sydney University or whatever. So I lived on campus in Canberra and it was a pretty interesting experience. Living away from home, I'm originally from Sydney by the way, living away from home, it was the first time to be independent. Mm. And then, but Canberra w was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't say enough good things about Canberra. It's very organised. Very organised and at the same time very quiet. I, I, yeah. <laughs> to me, it, it was everything I needed. I just needed somewhere I can, I, as the cliche goes, study. But at the same time, I, I like to hit the gym, work yeah. out, and do my sports. And the camera actually gave you that opportunity because the downtime was, you know, was pretty much that's all you had to do. Yeah, that was good. But now, you had some friends, right? Uh, <laughs> you made some friends, right? That, living <laughs> on campus, uh, you know, made sure that there's. Okay, right. excellent. And how does that compare to um, chi studying in China and studying in the US? Again, I, I gotta, I gotta put, a, put out a disclaimer here. I think studying MBA is a little bit different compared mm. to uh, your traditional undergrad life. But this MBA, um, I would say, brings back a lot of the school life. Collegial memories. Yes, yeah, yes. collegial memories, and which is one thing that I really enjoy. And I think because the uh, the average age is still relatively young, mm. still in the average is around early thirties, and I think a lot of people gravitate towards wanting that school lifestyle again. Yeah. And you'll be surprised at how many people, no matter how successful they are, they are so bogged down with their own everyday life, mm. they, they, they need an escape, yes. they see this studying. As a gap year. As a gap year. Yeah. Like two years actually. Two years. <laughs> two years. So, studying in China, uh, A, schoolwork is is pretty much you know the top priority mm. and uh, I am just amazed at the level of uh, learning ability mm. that these Chinese, my, my classmates are very 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 smart uh, uh, people and then um, I had six or seven of them who have been nominated as uh, as a ducks of their state when they um, when they attempted the Chinese um, university entry exam. Wow that's high so, quality. So, so for me I, I, I have no place to compete with them in terms of academics. Oh you got in I think there was a reason why they chose no, no, you. No, no, they no, just no. don't let any riffraff in so you, you know there must be some qualities that they were looking for. So um, so, so that's one thing about uh, uh, learning with Chinese and secondly because it's MBA and because um, because we're all here to try to get something out of it at the end of the day mm. so um, it can be a little bit political at times. Competitive as well? Very competitive. Wow. Very okay. competitive. And I think, uh, but one thing that's that's pretty good about the, the Chinese system is that they do try to bring everybody together. Mm. They do try to foster a more of a um, cohesive learning environment. Mm. Now, moving on to the US, because I spend at least almost a third of my time in the US, the good thing about the US is that Americans, American universities, allow me to say that I think they're completely different. It's, um, it's so intense. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants um, to be together. Everybody wants to get everything out together as well, especially for its 
um, university uh, pro, um, university events, mm. sporting events, mm. sports. Uh, sporting events is, is a huge component of its life. Mm. Yeah. And so, uh, when you were there, uh, was there a particular type of food <laughs> that you loved eating in the US or in the China or in Australia that you can't get in all the other respective oh, countries? Okay, uh, I got a I got a comment on the cafeterias. Okay. Now, for the for the friends out there, if you ever visit China, um, you have to try out the university cafeteria. Food. <laughs> the canteen food, as they call it. Okay. A, it is dirt cheap. And okay. Secondly, it is very, very high quality because uh, the government puts a huge emphasis on mm. food safety, especially yes. across these universities. Now, uh, food, food-wise, as uh, soon as I got my student ID, student card, <laughs> I ran to the cafeteria because <laughs> you, you can get a huge bowl of noodles or whatever for, or for no joke, for no more than three or five. Uh, quite RMB, which is equivalent to a dollar. Uh, Australian. Australian. Are you and kidding me? Yeah. So, so uh, I'm sure there's a huge discount uh, because you're a student. But yeah. again, going back to what I said, living the student life again, you know, <laughs> everything it's at your uh, disposal, and the, the food is uh, uh, phenomenal. So, is it like a big buffet, or is it uh, more like a uh, so like a cafe where you order the food as opposed to them um, presenting a whole bunch in, in the trays and you dish it out? Well, the university that I go to in China, the Tsinghua University, mm. there are I think seven or eight different canteen, cafeterias oh across the campus. So some yeah. of them offers uh, buffets, some of them offers different uh, cuisines. Oh and my god. There's one of them that actually offers um, Western food if you're up for it. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of varieties and again very cheap guys <laughs> you guys really have to check it out and the food is you know uh, i think the best thing about asia in general is just the quality of food and the freshness once you know where to get it from absolutely, as well absolutely, yeah absolutely. now the us <laughs> us uh when i when i was there um because our study program was actually quite intense mm. so we had a lot of pizzas <laughs> carbs <laughs> a lot of a lot of pizzas uh, yeah um i think a lot of pizzas, a lot of Mexican food, Mexican food tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of fried Hot chicken. Dogs. A lot of fried, <laughs> fried chicken. chicken. <laughs> look, I know that I shouldn't be uh, uh, advocating a junk food over <laughs> here, but um, but I have to say the it's it's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so you you got the fresh food in China, and yeah, you got the carbs and the fried food, and anything in Australia that you missed? Wow, um, I have to say. Because I've been living abroad for the past seven or eight years. Mm. Each time that I come back to Australia, it makes me appreciate. Oh, here we go. Sentimental. Shall no, grab the tissue box no, for you right no. now? <laughs> now, due to this, uh, every single time there's a, uh, in a an Aussie event yeah. happening in, either in, in Beijing where I live or sometimes when I, I was in the US, especially with my... Um, my own university uh, came into town, ANU came into town, I'd be very excited and then, um, you know, just, I, I think this is something that, that, that you wouldn't be able to appreciate unless mm. you've um, gone abroad, and at least for me, yeah. at least for me, right? And then I think also it gives you an opportunity to, to really, just to regain your appreciation for, for Aussie life. Yeah, and your identity, I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah my identity as well. Yeah, right. so I guess um, a democracy sausage, yeah, that, <laughs> you, you missed that? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, so, um, in your program, are you the only one who's like an ABC and the rest are all local Chinese Chinese? Well, um, 
Not really, because okay. because uh, we will categorize uh, our classmates as Chinese passport holders or foreign passport holders. Oh, okay. And there's a few of us who are current uh, foreign passport holders. Okay, okay. Now, but having said that, um, in terms of number of people who have actually lived um, and brought up abroad, yeah. um, there's very few. Okay. Um, there's only, I would say, two or three of us. All right. Uh, in, so, in do you guys feel like, you know, your values and what you want in life is a little bit different compared to the local Chinese? Uh, great question. I knew this question was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> what do men want? What do Asian men want? <laughs> no, I get, I get asked this many times you know, when I'm, when I was in China. Yeah. They ask me, what? How do you see uh, China? Uh, do you, mm. uh, do you see yourself as more Chinese, or do you see yourself as more Australian? And yeah. I think the, the answer that I've come to is I am a separate identity. The mm. one that I identify with. Madam Chan, Chinese Australian. <laughs> I, I think I think um, where we are a different classification, I guess, yeah. if I can use that word. Um, but at the same time, I think we're very unique, mm -hmm. very unique, and then um, we have different things to offer. Mm -hmm. But well, I won't make this more sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do you find because I uh, I watch a lot of American um, TV and. There are some documentaries and some um, comedies as well uh, of American Chinese or American Asians, and they seem, I don't know, they just seem more confident, they seem more driven, and they seem just um, uh, more self-promoting compared to the Aussie Asians and Aussie Chinese, I hey, find. I, I yeah. gotta say this with another disclaimer. This is, <laughs> again, based on my experience, yeah. and uh, I'm not here to um, just pigeon box anybody, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. but I, I would say um, the American ABCs, mm. American-born Chinese, or yeah. the, 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 the Chinese Americans who have been raised yeah. in the US, yeah. I do, or North America, I do find them very determined okay. um, and very, very, um, I wouldn't use the word alpha, but very uh, openly driven. Okay. They're very ambitious. Mm. They, uh, whereas I, I do feel like the some of my Australian ABCs, I think we're equally <laughs> yeah. as ambitious. Yeah. But we just we have more of a chilled, chilled, chilled approach to uh, to life and and to our ambitions. Whereas Americans are very much um, the American ABCs that mm. I've encountered mm. um, know what they want and they're very open about it as okay. well. Which is something that uh, that I admire. Hey. If that's clearly what they want, if we can find a way to facilitate that, facilitate that, mm. contribute to that, you know, what, why not? Because I feel like as much as Chinese economy has grown, China is still a long way mm. from what what we know mm. is a standard life. Mm. There's the infrastructure. I think still will take some time. Mm. Now. The hard hardware, as we uh, like mm. to call it, the hardware is going to get there, mm. right? Uh, China's already doing pretty well on that. But the software, such as services, mm. such as um, such as some of the uh, intangibles that we, mm. we 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 take for granted over here, that's going to take some time mm. in China, and that's why there's still a lot of potential in this whole whole space in this mm. whole field and as long as uh, we're improving lives improving lives um, you know I, I think I still see a lot of opportunities yeah the um 
one of the things that I discovered while I was over there um, was that the Chinese government uh, itself, when it comes to increasing the uh, effectiveness of the software side, such as health, the pension system, because that's a huge thing yes. coming up. Um, like, uh, I do know that in China, that kids have to speak two languages, English and Chinese. Okay. So, so they'll be fluent in English and Chinese. Like a lot of the kids who come here from the system. But there's another part which I found really surprising was that they were calling out to overseas Chinese from any country to come on board on their committees to help in the pension system, to help out with the healthcare system, because they actually want them on the committee to explain this is what's happening um, from the country that I've lived abroad. And I think that is such a good, like that is such a good um, program or, or you know, just I including the, the, you know, including um, intellect, you know, just the, hold on, let me try again. Um, just to be more inclusive and say, hey, look, what are we doing wrong? But we're actually inviting you. We're being more inclusive. Absolutely. I, I mm. think learning from the best, mm. learning from experience, that's, that's how right. you get better, right? Yeah. Now, now I think the most um, relevant example yeah. is the, is the outbreak of the coronavirus. Yes. Now, the, the virus, the outbreak occurred in the city of Wuhan, mm. in Hubei province. Now, had China, the, the, mm. had the Chinese, Wuhan Chinese government, mm. uh, uh, provincial government, had better crisis management mm. experience and capabilities, mm. I think perhaps this situation wouldn't have been as bad as it is today now mm -hmm. this is just my own uh, my own opinion this is based on the facts that I, that I have read out of the the delay in its response time mm -hmm. and, and its its ability to handle this but hey at the same time these guys have never <laughs> experienced anything like this mm -hmm. I think although uh, yes you, ha you can say 2002-2003 SARS mm -hmm. period but then after SARS you had your different um, uh, uh, small outbreaks but yeah. they never eventuated to anything substantial yeah. hence uh, provincial government didn't take this on board with all the seriousness that they needed. Mm. Now, agreeing with what you have just said, imagine if China always had very expert mm. committees mm. or elites from, from, from that have derived experiences from the outside world and utilized, utilized them effectively mm. in a timely fashion. This could have, you know, contributed to 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 um, to a faster response or a more response effective time. response. But I think yeah. I think my, my point is, is not just stressing the coronavirus, but mm. more on other aspects of yes. of the Chinese uh, uh, um, society in terms of dealing with problems. Mm. What if you have problems with a natural disaster? What if mm. you have issues with you know with some um, um, healthcare, southern uh, employment, mm. uh, welfare. Uh, welfare. You yeah. know, you have you have people with with, with experts with uh, with you know, enough experience yeah. on the ground who can support you. Mm. And uh, I do hope that China will go down that route of opening, be more open to mm. to people who are willing to help. Help out. Yeah. So it's one question I've been dying to ask. Yes. All right. Going back to the very first day that you yeah. landed in China. Yeah. What did you eat when you got off the plane? In China? In China, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's all about food on this show. Um, in, 
Okay, okay. I, I, I've always been. Uh, I, I love my uh, spicy food. Yeah. So, so I, I, I believe I hopped into. I remember I hopped into a Sichuan restaurant. Oh yeah. Sichuan restaurant. In Beijing. In Beijing. <laughs> in Beijing, wanting spicy food. But however, I have to say, uh, the food that you that we used to over here, such so, uh, the Asian food, the Chinese food that we're used to in Sydney. You can't. You actually can't find them in China. There's no such thing as Mongolian lamb. There's no such thing as honey chicken. <laughs> sweet sour pork. There's no such thing. The sweet sour pork is still is still there. The oh right. Dish. It's called gulao roll, right? No, but you can't really find them. So deep fried ice cream. Oh no, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. And 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 so when I went to the Sichuan restaurant, I was looking for some of the dishes that we're used to over yeah. here. I couldn't find them, and, and it took me some time to get used to the very very. Chinese taste. <laughs> so, You're like, wow, this is different. I was expecting a sticky sauce. <laughs> no, no, but but hey, uh, um, but if you want authentic cuisine, yeah, I would recommend uh, uh, visitors who visit Beijing to uh, to hit up all of the uh, uh, provincial um, uh, government rep offices. Now, for example, right. the Sichuan government has a rep office in Beijing, yeah. or the Hubei province, yeah. or the Zhejiang province. They all have rep offices uh, across Beijing, right? So kind of like, let's say you're in Sydney and you've got the New South, uh, you got the Queensland rep office, rep office yeah. or the Northern Territory yeah, rep now, office. Okay. Now, in each of their rep offices, at least for most of them, they would have a restaurant downstairs. <laughs> They would have their, their their own you know provincial <laughs> the like, famous provincial taste taste yeah so for Sichuan uh, <laughs> uh, for Sichuan uh, 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 provincial uh, uh, rep office there's a there's a uh, yeah. Sichuan restaurant that's yeah. opened up that's owned by the um, by the rep office oh my uh, god by okay. the government so yeah. so it's very very. Um, very very authentic and uh, i think one year a couple of friends we had a small uh, uh goal uh, yeah. for the whole year that is to hit up all of the different provinces and the restaurants right, and the rest we didn't quite get there there's 34 of them uh, <laughs> and, and 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 yeah but i think we managed to get like 15 or 16 yeah, that's pretty uh, good uh, underway but it was hey it's one of those things you got to try out if you're in china can you imagine if in sydney here and there's like a queensland office a northern territory office yeah. a wa office i mean the queensland office where pull up forex that's all you're getting <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly what about the us if you think about the oh US. us is like 50 something states right 50 states yeah and idaho has a trademark potato idaho Ooh. potatoes Recent potatoes, I think they're called. So you gotta try that. That's right. <laughs> you gotta try that. You gotta try that. Oh well, thank you very much, Steve. It's been a pleasure having you on and talking about US, China, and Australia, and all the wonderful things that Aussies, Aussie Chinese, have to offer. Madam Chen, it's definitely my pleasure as well. Thanks so much for inviting me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'll try and find a Sichuan place for you now. All right. <laughs> In all downtown right, Chinatown. Right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Bag right out. Hey. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce, and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid. Solid.